Welcome to Set That Bitch Free, the Your Inner Babe podcast. I have Kate with me. I am so excited. She is a clinical social worker slash therapist. She helps support women in breaking them free from what's been holding them back in business and in life and in mamahood. Um, she helps women who are struggling with anxiety, overwhelm, and depression, and she helps them learn skills needed to begin showing up as the best versions of themselves, whether it's in their business, their company, relationships, or even as a mother. So you know, we're pretty aligned and I'm really excited to have you here. Um, but in addition to therapy, she coaches female business owners and leaders on creating a mindset for success and building an unshakable confidence. So thank you so much for being here, Kate. I'm really so excited to talk to you. Thank you so much, Jack. I'm so pumped to chat. It's going to be great. So, you know, let's get started. How did you first get started in the whole field of therapy? Yeah. So my story is actually very similar to yours. I moved to New York City for graduate school and was sitting through all of my social work classes. And uh, in one of the classes, they started talking about eating disorders. And I'm looking through the criteria and I'm like, that sounds sort of familiar. This might be something that I have. You know, I had always been um, just very cautious and of what I ate and what I looked like and just never was really happy with myself growing up, but never really put a name on it and um, decided my life was in not such, in such, it just wasn't a great place that I was in at that time. So I decided to go and seek treatment and got incredible treatment at the university that I was at. And it was really like, I know it sounds quick, but I was so ready to just start feeling better that I dove in. I did everything my therapist and the team asked me to do. Um, We did so much deep work and it was really within like 12 weeks or so that I started to feel better. And, you know, I think I was just at that point in my life where I was just so tired and sick of tired of just feeling sick all the time and just not being happy with myself and feeling anxious to leave my apartment. Just like your story, you know, I had to cut out a lot of toxic people out of my life. And once I got to that other side and got a taste for what life could really be without having, you know, these thoughts ruling my mind minute by minute, I just, I never wanted to go back. And I did everything that I could to not go back to that place. So yeah, I, you know, worked in the fields for a little while. I worked in some hospitals and clinics and was just never fully fulfilled in the work that I was doing. I felt like there was more that I could do and I knew that I had a purpose, but didn't really know what that was and um, thought, you know, maybe someday I'll start a private practice and I can start seeing private clients and a series of events just happened and sort of sparked um, and planted little seeds in my mind. And I just decided to go for it. Um, and this was a, this was about three, uh, five and a half years ago. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I totally relate to that. I had just had enough of feeling like I wasn't enough. Yeah. You just get to that point where you're like, I'm just done. I mean, or you hope you get to that point and you hope that you have the network and the ability to ask for help, but 
Um, I also saw that you were trained in, um, I may butcher it, but I'm fascinated by it, dialectical behavior therapy. Yes. Yeah. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. So it's a skills-based therapy and it was developed back in the 1980s for women with borderline personality disorder, which is a disorder that people who struggle with it really feel um, like their life is sort of always out of control. Things are very black and white. They have a hard time finding stability. Their emotions can sort of all be all over the place. At times it looks very similar to bipolar disorder, but it is different. And um, the woman that developed it, her name is Marsha Linehan. And it's actually really cool because probably about 10 years ago, she came out and she actually said that she had struggled with borderline personality disorder and all of her research and, um, you know, the development of this treatment really came from her struggle with it and her really trying to help herself. So I just feel like it's even more valid and helpful when you know that the person developing it, you know, it worked on them and that, um, you know, she was able to work through it and get to a great place in her life. Um, so the actual therapy is really, it's a skills-based therapy to help you in different areas in your life. So um, there's four different areas. There's interpersonal effectiveness. So in that module, you'll learn different skills to help you in relationships and asserting yourself. Then there's emotion regulation. And in that module, there's you know a ton of different skills to help you work through managing your emotions. Um, there's distress tolerance. And in that module, you work through helping yourself get to a, not get to a place where you feel in such distress that you, you know, engage in behaviors that aren't healthy for you. And, you know, this is, again, it was developed for borderline personality disorder, but it's really used in all different mental health um, diagnoses now. So, you know, it's used with um, eating disorders, with um, even with addictions, um, with depression. And I like to take the principles of it and, you know, really apply it even in my business now with the women that I work with. And the last module is uh, mindfulness. So um, that's the other component of it. So I read that you opened um, this brick and mortar practice in 2014, and then you struggled to kind of secure clients like the first month of opening that practice. So what were the steps that you took, I guess, to turn your business around? So, you know, I think for myself, I just didn't wasn't feeling confident when I first started my business. You know, I went to grad school to be a therapist, but they don't teach you how to start a business in grad school for therapy. And um, I just really had to learn through little mistakes. Um, I had to really put these skills into practice myself, especially um, the interpersonal effective module. So really learning to set boundaries with people to really speak up for myself. Um, I really had to grow my confidence. And I think that a big piece of it in the beginning was it's not that um, the clients weren't coming. It was me being able to speak confidently over the phone and you know, tell them how I could help them. And, you know, today that feels really easy because it's something that I've done over and over and over again. But back then it just was really scary. But once I started to work on that confidence and practice and, you know, little by little, 
Um, you know, I started it in September and then by November, I actually had a full practice. So, you know, it can happen quickly, but it just, it takes practice. You have to just fall 10 times and then get back up and then fall again a little bit and get back up. But each time it just gets easier. Absolutely. I mean, I'm the queen of failing, I feel like in the best way. And I, I mean, I spent years of my life or what I considered at the time failing. And I kept attempting to find like my thing only to just like fall down and find myself back at square one. But I think all those years spent failing are the years that shape us, you know? And if we give up, you know, reality is going to smack us across the face one day, showing us someone else who became what we could have been, but we didn't because we were afraid. So I think it's all about trial and error and, and gut instinct. But what led you to sort of pivot from a traditional brick and mortar practice to then launching an online coaching business? Yeah. So I, um, I was able to leave my nine to five at that point. Um, I had fully booked practice. I actually was seeing clients only on Saturdays, but I was at that place where I'm like, do I continue seeing all of these clients every Saturday or do I just leave my job and, you know, spread these clients out throughout the week a little bit. And I left, I took the leap and it was really scary. And I felt like, you know, I might need some type of support to figure this out. Cause again, I had the skills as a therapist, but I really didn't know business. So I did something um, called uh, B-School with Marie Forleo. I'm not sure if you're familiar with B-School. I am actually. You're the third person I've heard about this from in the last like month. So I wonder if the universe is telling me something. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of the best yeses that I said to myself. You know, it was really scary at the moment to make the investment because it was a pretty big investment. And I had never really invested in my business before. But through doing that, I didn't, I, you know, not only learned new business skills and marketing skills, but it opened my eyes to um, just different type of types of businesses that people had. Like I had no idea that, you know, there was such thing as coaching and that coaches could work from their laptops and, you know, all of the different businesses that people can just come up with. And I just thought it was fascinating um, that you literally could take a passion of yours and just turn it into a business. And, um, you know, through this, one thing I really learned through B-School was also just owning my worth and um, setting boundaries. And at that time of my practice, you know, being able to leave my nine to five and um, book up my practice, you know, within a few months, I had a lot of people asking how do you start a business? How do you, um, you know, get clients? And I was letting people pick my brain and I was getting all, having all these coffee dates and, you know, I was starting to feel a little bit burnt out and a little bit used. So I decided, you know what, this seems like something that people are interested in. So why not just charge for it? Um, so I started doing some consulting and helping others open their practices. And then Long story long, I um, had other business owners coming to me and asking, you know, how do you um, sell and how do you deal with um, the fears around, you know, visibility and working with clients and setting boundaries with clients. So I just started helping them from what I had learned with my first business. And at that point, I realized, you know what, I could also do this. Like, this is called coaching. And 
you know, this is really cool. Like I can do this from home and I can do this from my laptop and, um, decided to go all in with that and just give it a shot. And, you know, it didn't go perfectly in the beginning. It's like I had tons of people coming to me. And then once I actually launched the business, it felt like crickets for a little bit again. Mm -hmm. And then of course I'm like, is this a sign that I'm not supposed to be doing this? But it was just that I needed to be consistent and I needed to, um, I just need the business just needed time. And that's all that it was. Um, and during that time, it felt like eternity, but looking back, it was only like, again, about three months before the business really started to take off. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. That's so amazing. I feel like when, and when I started mine too, everyone was like, it's going to take some time. And I was like, no, it's not. I like refuse. Um, but I do think timing is everything. Um, and it is totally about consistency and, and and believing in it, you know, I mean, we talked a little bit on your podcast, which I'm going to talk about right now, but we talked a bit about limiting beliefs and I'm just such a big believer that the only, you know, limitations in life are the ones that we choose totally. to believe, you know? Um, but speaking of podcast, um, let's talk about yours thinking like a boss in addition to therapy and coaching. Kate is a podcast host. So it's like, could you do anything more? Mm. Uh, but what led you to start the podcast? Like where, you know, where did the name come from? I love the name. Yeah. So, you know, the name actually came because I was in the process and I will talk a little bit more about this later, but I was in the process of writing my first book and it was the title I had chosen for the book. And, you know, in that process of writing a book and, um, in that same year I had become pregnant and was about to have my first baby. And I was just feeling, you know, I was just feeling a little bit isolated in my business. And honestly, the podcast, I created it. It was really for me. I felt like I really craved more community and I had been a part of masterminds and group coaching programs, but I just really wanted to have deeper conversations with people. And I decided, you know what, like me and my girlfriends, like we have great conversations and these conversations could really be helpful for other people to listen to, to like hear our struggles and not just see what they see on social media, like beautiful pictures and styled shoots and to really just peel back the layers and talk about the nitty gritties of what it's like owning a business and the lies that we constantly tell ourselves, the lies that we think we're over and then they come back up again. So that's really what it was born out of. I just wanted to have other conversations and hear stories. And, you know, every time I have a a new guest on, I just feel so grateful because I always walk away with something. It's always like the thing that I needed today. And even our recording together, you know, I just felt like everything was in such alignment today, like where we're both at. And it just makes me feel like, wow, I'm not alone. Or, you know, wow, someone else just really gets it. Mm -hmm. Totally. I mean, that's one of the things I love about doing it as well is just that connection. I mean, human connection, we all long for it and belonging and knowing we're not alone is huge. I mean, this may be a pretty tough question, but 
Who has been your favorite interview and why? And obviously besides me, because (laughs) that just happened. So we don't have to say me, but if you can think of your favorite and why, I would love to know. There's, there's so many favorites. You know, I'm actually going to say the first conversation that I ever had because it was the scariest for me, right? Like I was so afraid to launch the podcast. I remember like sitting down and trying to record the intro. Cause I was like, I'm just going to record an intro first. And if I like that, then maybe I'll start recording episodes and just feeling so afraid and like replaying my voice and thinking I sound so weird. Like, are people even going to listen to this? Are they even going to like it? It is a stupid idea. And I'm telling myself all these lies, but I'm just so grateful for the girl who had the courage to go and record that first episode. And my first episode, I think it's like 12 minutes with the, and it's one of my best friends that I interviewed, but I was so, so nervous. So I think in a way that's probably one of my favorites just because it's, it's where it all began. I love that. I mean, I was so Mm -hmm. nervous too. Oh my God. I think back to that. I, I was like, I think I interviewed Shanae Alexander and not only is she like a huge idol of mine, but I was sitting there and I was like, listen, I'm going to be honest. I am so nervous. (laughs) I I just called it out. Cause to me, it's like, if you name the emotion or you kind of like shine that flashlight on it, you hope that it subsides a bit. Um, I mean, it didn't, I was still like shitting my pants. It was great. (laughs) But I totally relate to that. I feel like there's nothing like your first. Totally. Nothing like yeah. Your yeah. Um, but how has starting the podcast made you a better coach or a better therapist, would you say? I feel like it's it's validated my because I've I don't know, for me, I the po- I feel like my podcast is a little bit different than others where I don't really talk much. It's more of like me listening and just asking some questions. And it's just reminded me that, I don't know, that's sort of, it's sort of like the work that I do is just really, okay, like it's okay. like sometimes I listen to podcasts and I'm like, oh, their conversations are so good. Like they have so many good things to say after they, you know, the guest says something. And it just reminded me like as a therapist, I don't need to have a lot to say. Like my job is to sit there and hold space and listen and reflect and really just sort of guide the conversation. So I think that's what I've gotten from it. It's just sort of validation that it's okay. Like I don't have to be a certain way. Definitely not. I always say to my clients that my job is not to force them into work they're not ready for. It's to meet them where they're Mm. at. And I feel like even with you and I today, I mean, Full disclosure, we both don't feel no, today. Not at all. Both, like, we both got on to record my episode on thinking like a boss, and I was like, "Listen, I feel like crap," and she was like, "Same." So the universe, the universe is just letting us know that we're we're aligned. But um, it's the same thing. It's like we're not we're not going to force each other into something ridiculous today or some like absurd interview. We're going to meet each other where we're at, and we're going to have great organic conversation, and then in turn realize we're not alone. Um, but you dropped this a little bit, but you're gearing up to release your first book. Yeah. Just thinking like a boss, uncover and overcome the lies holding you back from success. So I'm beyond inspired by that. One of my big goals is to write a book one day. Mm-hmm. But what was your inspiration behind this book? Yeah. So I had had my first baby um, April of 2017. And 
I was a hot mess. Like, I can't even tell you. I didn't have post, I can't say that I had postpartum depression, but I was almost there. It was, it was really bad. And I remember just feeling so stuck. Like, I'm losing my business. Um, you know, everything that I worked so hard for and built, you know, is on hold now. And um, I was nursing and, um, you know, I think if there are any nursing moms listening, they'll sort of understand that it can feel very isolating because your baby is like on you all the time. And it's such a beautiful thing. And I don't want to like discount that. It's amazing that you get to hold your baby all the time, but there's just times where you just want your body back Mm -hmm. and you just want a little bit of space. And I was like, how can I make this a little bit more enjoyable? And um, I decided, you know what? Like I've had this this book idea on my heart forever. Um, I'm stuck in the nursing chair all day long. So maybe I should just start writing it. Like rather than sitting here and feeling bad for myself or, you know, thinking about how like my life feels like it's over and I'm losing my business. Let me do something productive. And I just remember I downloaded Google Docs on my phone and I started writing an outline. And, you know, what I was writing was, it was terrible. Like it was nothing. It's nothing that the book is today. (laughs) But um, I just knew that I needed to start writing. And especially the emotions I was feeling at the time. um, It was really like a big sort of like diary exercise. And then about a couple weeks into doing that, I received this email from a YouTuber that I had subscribed to like years and years ago. She, um, her name's Cassandra Bodzak, and she um, is like a healthy eating coach and um, wellness expert. And she wrote a cookbook. And she sent this email out and said, "Hey, I have created this. I have this." just this idea on my heart and um, I'm putting together this book birthing program to help women who have a book on their heart and really just want to birth it and bring it into the world. And I remember just like sitting there and feeling like this is, this is for me, this is a sign, like I need to join this program. And I didn't know how I was going to make it work at the time because, you know, I'm with a newborn and time commitment But I decided, again, just to say yes to myself. And I decided, you know what, I'll figure it out after. I'll I'll work out. And that's really where the journey started. And um, I believe so that was in 2017. Yeah. So one, exactly a year from then, I signed my um, contract with my publisher and I actually got a two book deal. So I'm going to be writing my second book soon. And then in that whole process, I had another baby and flash forward to fall of 2019. Um, the book is about to be released soon. And, um, you know, again, it when you're in it, it feels like eternity and it feels like it's never going to happen for you. But once you're out of it, it's like, oh my God, like I can't believe it all happened that quickly. Mm-hmm. Your timelines are epic, by the way. It's like, you're like, I put in the work and three months later and I put in the work in a year, you're just inspiring. And I'm very inspired right now. And I even have a document on my laptop too that like I have writer's block for like a blog poster for an interview or something. I like let myself kind of just unload on my mind into this. Like it's, t- it literally just says the title of the document is book, LOL, because oh. it's like one day I want to do this. Um, and I just let myself sort of pour my thoughts out into it too. So I'm super inspired that you were 
yours started similarly. But um, in your book, you discuss those 12 limiting beliefs that are holding us back from our true potential. Can you talk a little bit about what self-limiting beliefs are even for people who are listening who might not necessarily? Yeah, know? yeah. I should probably just use the word lie because that makes it a lot easier. So it's, yeah, it's really just the word lie, the lies that we tell ourselves. And, you know, as women um, working in corporate jobs, women um, who are stay-at-home moms, women who own businesses, no matter where we are, there's always a lie. And um, like they always say, new level, new devil. And we think that we've worked through a lie, a limiting belief. We feel like we have the tools to um, get past it. And maybe we do get past it. But then we get to that next level again. And then it all comes back up again. And I think that I always say, if you are experiencing them, it just means that you're moving forward. And it means that you're stepping out of your comfort zone again. And if you're not experiencing these, and I'm not to say that like you want to feel uncomfortable and out of place all the time, but I think that when life is just still, you know, it means that, you know, like maybe it feels okay, maybe it feels comfortable, but you don't want to be comfortable. You want to always be moving forward. You know, that's sort of like the blessing and the curse is that when you're moving forward, there's always going to be a challenge. And um, it's just funny because all of these lies, you know, when I started writing the book, I'm like, oh yeah, these are all things I've gotten through and I'm like over. And then <laughs> through editing and, you know, the two years now of birthing this book, I've gone through each and every one of them again, like more than one time. And at times they've actually felt even worse than they did in the beginning. But, you know, that's how we've gotten to that next step. And that's how even like this book has become a thing is through working through those lies again. Yeah. It's just like peeling back the layers of an onion is the way that mm -hmm. I see it. It's like, no matter what layer you peel back, you're always going to hit something else. And I feel like my journey has always been to keep growing. And I, I just feel like we're all meant to keep growing. Yeah. So I love, I love lies though. Cause who sits, I mean, we're all like, if, if we take it like that, we're all liars in some way. Um, and <laughs> I think it's like a reframe on lie kind of. Um, but what are two or, you know, even one, I guess, one or two of the limiting beliefs that you mention in the book? Yeah. Um, you know, I think the big one that a lot of the women I work with and also myself, I struggle with all the time is just not having enough time. And something I like to say is like, today is the most time you'll ever have. Because I think we put things off, like we put our dreams aside and we say, you know, like once I... Um, once we have the wedding and once we get married and all of that planning is out of the way, then I can start working on my dream, whatever that is. You know, once I have the kids someday or adopt the puppy, you know, my life might be a little bit easier. Or once I start making X amount of money, I'll be ready. And I think that, you know, I think that we're never, and that's another chapter actually is the readiness chapter. I think that we're never ready enough. And I think that we'll, we never have enough time. And I think that the most time we do have is what we have today. And if it's something that you are putting off and aren't ready to start today, then it might not be something that's really in alignment for you right now. Totally. What are some ways, I guess, or steps that we can take to overcome these beliefs? Yeah. So I think just being able to acknowledge them and say them out loud and say, all right, 
you know what, like maybe I feel like I'm, we'll, we'll go with the readiness one. Maybe I feel like I'm not ready, but you know, I have the courage today to get started. And I also feel that if, you know, the longer that you wait and the longer you put it off, you start to make it into an even bigger thing than it really is. So I think when it first comes to you, like just take that first step, whatever that looks like. And again, just tell yourself, I'm never going to feel more ready, but I'm just going to do this imperfectly. And I'm just going to see where it takes me. And um, don't be afraid of failing. You know, I think when we fall, every time that I've fallen, I've always gotten back up and, you know, it's redirected me into a different place. And maybe it's not the place that I thought that I was going to be in, but it's brought me to an even better place. So I think another tip is just letting go of the outcomes and just surrendering and allowing what's supposed to happen just happen. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. I mean, ah, I'm so inspired. Thank you. You're so great. I love asking people this, but who would you say is your inner babe or who is the inner babe to you? I feel like my inner babe when I'm away and I love my business and I love the work that I do, but when I'm just unplugged, And I'm not worrying about it. And I'm not attaching myself to the outcomes of what's happening if I'm missing out. But just being immersed in hanging out with my babies. I have two little ones, two and almost one. And just hearing their little giggles, like I'm just envisioning it right now. Like I just feel, I feel like my life is complete. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. And everybody listening, thank you for tuning in. I'll see you back next week for another episode. But just remember that the inner babe, you already have her and you just have to find her. Keep tuning in to find her. And I promise we'll set that bitch free. This episode was produced by Dante32.